to the 14th episode of the Football Fools podcast, the number one football podcast in the great state of Colorado, Westminster area. A lot of uh, big games this weekend, a lot of playoff implications and changes and draft picks and stuff, and some good upsets. So we're going to go to John with the first topic of the night. Yeah, totally. Welcome back in to another episode, everybody. We're so glad that you're here joining us once again. Uh, we're starting to run out of weeks in the NFL season. We're, we're down to couple more regular season weeks we're going to lose some teams here um and we're going to start off talking tonight about one of those teams that we're going to lose and that is the cincinnati Bengals, as they pulled off a huge upset of pittsburgh um which is shockingly not even close to the biggest upset of the weekend but we'll we'll get into that (laughs) one too uh yeah the Bengals were able to beat the steelers by 10 um just a really sloppy game i'm doing my key stats again just like i have from last week and my key stat from this game i happened to to check the box score of this game with 12 of 5 remaining in the second quarter and the steelers had two yards of offense and two turnovers so not not a great spot you would want your offense to be here winding the the season down um and I'm going to kick this one over to Ryan, and I'll let him talk a little bit about the game. But I want to see what what position, Ryan, do you think the Steelers need the most in the upcoming draft? Uh, in the draft, I think we talked about this a couple episodes ago. I think uh, our offense, it's got to be our offensive line. Uh, it, it's been one of the best in the league for a long, long time. And um, I – they're still good. It's just uh, I think they're getting a little older. There's not many more years left in them. Um, so I think, you know, it might be time to just get get another big boy up there. And uh, also quarterback. We got we need a quarterback very soon. Yep, true. I mean, the, uh, we did bring it up a couple of weeks ago, so sorry to relitigate it. Just to me, it, it keeps on popping up since we've said it. We we asked what's something missing on Pittsburgh's team, and several of us said running back. And it just seems like to me their their offense is dying late in the season, and they kind of need a more reliable back to, to give the ball to. Yeah, and I, and I agree with that. But at the same time, I think the game has evolved uh, so much that – you don't need to spend all – that's why we didn't sign Le'Veon Bell to the deal he wanted because in the NFL nowadays, you don't need the top back anymore. You just need a good offensive line. You need some hard-nosed guy to just run the ball, and it's not even one guy anymore. It's three of them nowadays. There, there's no, no one's getting 30 carries a game besides maybe Derrick Henry and um, and maybe Saquon when he's in and not hurt. But uh, it, it's not like the – it's not like 15 years ago when – uh, Jamal Lewis, uh, Jerome Bettis, Franco Nolan, Harris, Frank, <laughs> 30, <years ago. laughs> uh, you know, when those guys are getting 30 carries a game, it's not happening anymore. And, uh, there's no sense in a running back only lasts about five, six years anyways. Uh, no sense in getting a good back. Uh, but you do need a hard nosed guy. You need about three of them. And, uh, I think it all starts the offensive line. You got, you have a good line. You have a good running back. Yep, and I mean, I, I would say that's kind of the thing with Pittsburgh's line. Uh, they've been known this year being very good at the pass block, but not very good at, at the run block. So if they, they got someone physical on that line, that could kind of solve the problem without necessarily having to dedicate a lot of resources to the running back. Um, but, but yeah, not, enough on that. They're looking forward to their draft next year. Um, let, let's focus a little bit on 
their struggles as of late. So struggles as of right now, <laughs> as of right now, this division is not over. Cleveland is one game behind, and they still play the Steelers. We mentioned a couple weeks ago the Steelers are looking like the Patriots of last year. Got off to the hot start and then kind of crashed a lot at the end. They're now actually the three seed. One thing I think that's kind of dumb, and Justin, I'll bring you in on this one. One thing yeah. that, that's kind of dumb that people have been saying this year is like <coughs> acting like the one seed is the only thing that matters. And they're like, well, if you don't get the one seed, you don't get the boss. So it doesn't really matter as much what other seed you are. Um, I'm pretty sure you're going to have to go on the road and play a road game if, sooner if you don't have one of the top seeds. So actually, there yeah. actually might be a little bit of value in the number two seed. Do, do you see that? As, as, do you see yourself aligned with me on that or maybe with the fans not being as big of a factor this year that that's not a huge deal? So I'm, I don't know what it is. There's always some weird stat. They try to say that like, you know, like Bill Belichick is 62 and zero or something versus uh, people in the playoffs, like whenever they have a, they have the first round buy, but I've seen that work against teams just as much as I have seen it work for teams. So I'm not a huge believer in like, I mean, home field advantage is the biggest thing to me, but this year, like you just said, is not a, a, a big game swinger in my mind, but I do um, think that having an extra week off sometimes can be, can have a negative impact on your team. I think it might give your team too much time to relax and uh, I've seen it happen to the Broncos. I've seen it happen to the Steelers. I've seen it happen to a couple of teams over the years. And uh, I don't think that necessarily having a first round buy is all it's cracked up to be. I mean, of course, it sounds good in theory because you get, you know, an extra week to rest and heal. But uh, sometimes it seems like people come back from it like kind of lax. So <clears throat> that's uh, that's what I think about about first round buys, at least in the playoffs this year. Yeah, I- okay. I was going to say, I sorry to interrupt you guys. I do not uh, think home field advantage is a big deal. <clears throat> Uh, it is a big deal for the uh, obviously the first round buy. You all, you always want that, uh, mainly to heal up because it's a long season. You, you're beat up, especially Pittsburgh. They could use that real bad, and uh, obviously. But I think uh, the, it's going to be the weather. But if you look in the AFC, uh, besides the Titans, you got the Steelers, uh, Bills, and Chiefs, and yep. those are all cold weather teams. And uh, so I think those guys are going to be up there, and um, I, I think the weather and trap, but Travel doesn't really matter because they're going to fly in there Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and play yeah. Saturday, Sunday. And uh, so I, I think just the weather's the big deal. And uh, that might affect the NFC teams more than anything because the AFC is going to be the Chiefs, Bills, or Pittsburgh. Uh, Titans, they're weirdly hot. So I don't know. They could be up there too. Yep. Well, there's one thing I want to talk about while we're talking about the Steelers game really quick. It is my foolish pick for the week. Um, not even me with my godlike. Uh, most people would say God like predict predicting skills uh, would have potentially have seen uh, the Bengals upsetting the Steelers this last week. So I did a couple episodes ago say that I had the the Steelers going uh, 12 and four or 13 and three, but they really threw a wrench in there with uh, losing to the Bengals. So I have my foolish pick as the Steelers going undefeated, or, un, or sorry, winless, excuse me, just kidding, winless for the rest of the season, losing five straight games to the Browns and to the Colts this this coming up weekend. So that's my foolish pick for the week. Wow. Already. Oh, yeah. We haven't, oh, we yeah. haven't even gotten to that segment yet, but you're want you're rushing. Yeah, it's just, uh, you know, I got a thought right in the beginning. I think uh, it's very obvious that Ryan Finley is the only competition that Patrick Mahomes has in the NFL. Oh, man. Um, 
for the next 10 years. It's very obvious. What, what, what did throw the seven Bengals passes. even do with the Joe Burrow dilemma now? How do they even bring him back after 10 I think you trade this? Joe Burrow. I think you trade Joe Burrow to the Jags, and the Jags trade the number one pick back to the Jets, right? Right. And then they – yeah, they obviously have to get something for it. And then, uh, yeah, you just roll with uh, – Girl with Ryan Finley. Did you see how happy that guy was? Even he was getting hit, he had a creepy, like, killer smile on his face. I, I think he had 83 and a half passing yards. Yeah, that's all he needed to be, like, one of the best teams in the NFL this year. So, that's, you know, good for him. It's just so easy for him. The game has really slowed down for him after, you know, a half. To- totally. If he keeps progressing at this rate, it's going to be scary. He, Who knows, man? He might be undefeated in the playoffs like uh, Blake Bortles, the great. Yeah, I see uh, a bust with his name in uh, Canton, Ohio, fairly quickly. All right, so that was your Polish take of the week. The the Ryan yeah, that's just that they're just that they're going to go un, uh, winless the rest of the season. All right, well, well, guys, let's uh, let's move on to our next game and Ryan Finley's only competition remaining in the NFL. That is mm-hmm. likely to be MVP Patrick Mahomes leading the Chiefs to a thirty-two to twenty-nine victory in New Orleans. Uh, this, this was a really weird game, I, I feel like, because the, it was disjointed. My stat of the, from the game, I actually have a couple, and they make, they make no sense. It would be the exact opposite of what you would expect this game flow would be, be like. The first stat of this game, so yards per attempt for the quarterback. So that's been a thing everyone's consistently been on Drew Brees with. Drew Brees had 6.9 yards per attempt, and Patrick Mahomes had 5.4. Not, hmm. not what you would expect at all. Uh, Mahomes actually outbreezed outbreezed Breeze on this one, um, uh, knowing that Breeze is normally the guy that's going to eat up the time of possession. And speaking of that, this that's the other key stat of this game. The Chiefs had a time of possession of forty one minutes and fourteen seconds. Oh man, so it's extremely weird that this game even wound up with a close score. I know it was kind of similar to the Chiefs and Dolphins game where they got out to a bit of the lead, but then New Orleans kept on closing back back in on them. Um, but, but yeah, I've, I've just noticed looking back through the Chiefs schedule, they've won their last six games all by less than seven points. So I'm going to kick it to Mark so he can talk about the Saints a little bit. But the question I have for him, the Chiefs winning all these games by close margins, is that a bad sign for the Chiefs, or is it a bad sign for the rest of the league that the Chiefs are just flipping the switch just as much as they need to to get to get a win? Um, if they were losing these games by a close margin, it would be a bad sign for the Chiefs. But the Chiefs are doing what they need to to win, and so I, I don't see it as a red flag yet. Um, obviously, they turn it on when they need to, and then they try to coast through the rest of the game with just doing barely enough to still win if that makes sense. But how many times have we seen the Chiefs down by, you know, 17, 20 points, and then they just flip the switch and come back on them? So I I feel like it's uh, maybe the Chiefs do need to learn how to keep their foot on the gas just a little bit longer and not let teams creep back in. Um, But I'm I'm not worried about them at all. I mean, Patty Mahomes played great this game, uh, even though – Maybe his stats don't show up for downrange or downfield targets with only five point. What was it? Five point four. Yep. Um, but even then, I mean, the Saints did a good job of trying to take away his main two weapons with Kelsey and Hill. I think each one had five or six catches for about sixty yards and a touchdown, which 
would seem good for any other team. Uh, right. But when we're talking about Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill, you know, those those uh, stats are pretty uh, sad for them. But I, I think this speaks more to the Saints than it does the Chiefs. Being able to claw their way back into a game, they haven't really done that this year. Uh, when they lose, they are pretty much losing. Um, even the Eagles game, it didn't really feel like they were ever going to get back in that. Uh, I think this was the first game where there was like a glimmer of hope that they could turn it around after playing poorly in the first half. And I'm I'm proud of them for that. Um, Drew Brees was throwing to a bunch of nobodies out there. I don't know how many people watched the game. I'm sure everybody because it was, you know, the game of the week. Yeah. Uh, but it's supposed he, to be. Yeah, he, I mean, he had three practice receivers or practice squad receivers out there he was throwing the ball to. Um, and one of them actually out-snapped Emmanuel Sanders, which was weird. Uh, <laughs> you would think, you know, when – Emmanuel Sanders is basically the number one on the team at this point. Why he wouldn't be on the field for 100% of the offensive snaps, I think that's insane. Um, that's true. But I, I'd like to give a shout-out to the defense here. Yeah, they lost the game. Yeah, they gave up points to the Chiefs. But they were on the field for 92 plays. I don't know how they didn't get torched for another couple of touchdowns being on the field that much. It's got to be exhausting. Yeah, Cam Jordan got uh, so frustrated he punched someone and then turned it into a real cool uh, swim move. So that was pretty impressive. That was that was the most impressive thing about that game. I know. I'm, I'm really surprised he didn't get away with that because it looked almost – and, like, the first time I saw it, it didn't really look like a punch, but it clearly was, and he deserved to get ejected. But he did it so much like it was a natural part of the game that I'm impressed yeah. with it. Well – it's definitely something that people are going to start copying. So look out for that in games to come. I'm sure they'll be teaching it at Von Miller's uh, pass uh, rush summit this, this, this coming off season. Oh, for sure. I'm sure oh, they'll yeah. be having that. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> With six feet apart. So, so Justin, what are, Social you, what are your takeaways for the, the chief Saints game? Um, I think they were, I think the, the Saints just had another close one. They have too many of those. I think uh, they're going to be fine. I think the Saints could still go to the Super Bowl. I think they just played the only on, the only team that could probably beat them besides like maybe the Bills uh, from the AFC right now. I still think the Saints are top three Super Bowl team like from the NFC. Um, they're my favorite to go. I just – I know Drew Brees is going to snap out of it. Dude just came back from 17 ribs and then like halfway through the game took a ginormous shot to the ribs that he just had fractured. So um, I think he'll be back. He, he, he was wearing he had, that jacket. He's wearing a pillow too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he had statistically one of the worst first halves of his career and I don't think he'll do that again. Um, the rest of the season rest into the playoffs and stuff granted some weird fluke play in like the first or second round of the playoffs. I think they could go all the way. Um, I don't know if you guys saw this, but did you see when, uh, Patty Mahomes got like sandwiched between <laughs> Hendrickson and, uh, Cam Jordan before he was ejected? No, no. Um, the dude just got straight sandwiched. And Cam Jordan, it was like helmet to chest. Like if Hendrickson didn't keep him upright, it would have been a penalty on, on Cam Jordan for the type of hit it was. And uh -huh. that just proves it's a young man's game. Because if Drew Brees got hit like <laughs> that, he would have broke the rest of his ribs. It was, yeah. it was one of the biggest like crunches I've seen a quarterback take in a long time. Well, better luck next time, I guess, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
it'd help out the AFC West a ton. So I'm all for it. Mm. Yeah, then we would just have Herbert to deal with. Yeah, just narrow it down. So um, I I do have a a foolish pick from this game, and it's really not going to make any sense. But you just just hang in there, and uh, I'll just explain it to your wandering minds. Sure. So I believe this offseason the Chiefs should sign Cam Newton. Oh. Ooh. And there are multiple reasons why. But if you think of obviously, if you think about it, Andy Reid has had a successful track record bringing in backup quarterbacks, guys that were formerly very high-profile starters. Think of Michael Vick. Um, okay. they're, they're able to come back in, rehabilitate their career. But the Chiefs are one team that could, if if this is all Cam <clears throat> is now and he can't throw the ball, they're one team who I could see actually take advantage of his skill set. They do not have a power rushing game they've tried to do that and if they just sign somebody like that that and they could put him in the rest of their formations and he i mean it's who everyone goes to but if he's Taysom hill on that team for a special package or two i think that's just another thing that the chiefs can do and then and you can it's like you could still put him back there at quarterback andy reed would be able to give him easy plays to make and you only put them in situations to succeed. So I, I think that could, uh, if Cam is done as a starter and he very well could be, I think that would be a, a sneaky, interesting landing place to go to. John. So I love, oh, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, I think he already signed his letter of intent to the Sean Payton uh, university of quarterbacks. So <laughs> I think he's going to be taking a Jabu spot next year. All right. Well, he might, might go to the, the other opponent of this game either way. Well, I think that's uh, I think it's a really good spot for him. But the only problem I see with that potentially is that he might not want to be a backup. I I, I think point, I think Cam is starting to get the picture based off of some of his comments after their their last game. Like he he's doing oh, he, really? he's doing the I still have good football left in me routine. This has been a disappointment. All all of that. So you know it, he was on the sidelines for a long time this year. I I think. If anything, he he definitely he's gonna be out of the league if he's like refusing to take any job if he's not automatically the starter. That's just not his his career at this point anymore, frankly. Yeah, no, hundred percent, I agree with that. I just don't know if his ego will let him. I don't know. Maybe he just rather have a ring at this point. Yep. Maybe um, he wants to keep getting paid. Yeah, I like money. Yeah. And any other takeaways from this game, guys? Yeah, no. you, you guys are forgetting about. First off, I got three things. You got to give credit where it's due. Drew Brees, first game back in a while. He did hot, man. I think he he's back, and the uh, Saints are a good team. Second, yeah. second and third, you guys are not talking about the two star receivers in this game. And I'm talking about me, Cole Hardman. <laughs> clearly, clearly the Chiefs' number one wide receiver. I know Obviously. Kelsey, I know Kelsey leads the league, but. Blah blah blah. Sure. Yeah, he's, he's the whatever. beneficiary of all that extra Hardman attention. Hardman is yeah. number one. He's on the rise. And then for the Saints, I'm talking about Lil Jordan Humphrey <laughs> on the rise. Star receivers of the game. I see it. Pro, they got Pro Bowl snubs right there. Two Pro Bowl snubs. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Somehow, uh, Andreas Pete got into the Pro Bowl. I don't know <laughs> yeah, who yeah, votes go. for him. 
<laughs> but Saints fans, knock that off. He does not belong in the Pro Bowl. This is three years in a row. Stop this, it. This isn't, this isn't my real one, but Danger Zone Pro Bowl voters. Like, Evan Ingram got in. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Like, like, I went, and, uh, I went to Ole Miss. Evan Ingram is not a good NFL player. Like, he, 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 looked, do he looks thing. good when he runs with the ball in his hands when he actually catches it. But that's about it. Yeah. And <laughs> apparently, Demario Davis is dead because he didn't get in this year. And I just don't yeah. get it. No, no Yo, Brady I, yeah, that's true. But I'm like, I'm sorry. Like either of the NFC tight ends that got in, uh, TJ Hawkinson's good again, but he hasn't really done anything this whole year. He might have like what four touchdowns, and that's not what you expect from a first round tight end. Um, I, that's just strange to me. I think uh, who's uh, Robert Tanyan's was was way more deserving. Yep, honestly, that's not that's not a terrible. Or uh, Logan Thomas. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Or Logan Thomas. Yeah, I was trying to think of a second one, but I was going to say Adam Troutman, obviously. But yeah. Um, yeah, definitely Logan Thomas. He deserves a lot. He had 15 receptions last game from Dwayne Haskins. He deserves. He deserves a Pro Bowl push just off that. Exactly. Um, yeah. So, and and actually, he might be the best quarterback on Washington's roster at this point. Uh, so, so he could go to the Pro Ooh. Bowl for that too. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. All right, guys, let's uh let's move to to the next game and what we kind of went through the marquee one for the week, so we should be able to mm-hmm. go through these other ones uh fairly quickly, I suppose. Uh, so mm-hmm. we have the, the Bills and Broncos game next. It this was one on a Saturday, which really like the Saturday game is when they start playing those at the end of the year. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't like this one that much as the Bills destroyed the Broncos forty eight to nineteen. Um, it was close. Uh, we, we like to bring up underrated players on this podcast who don't get enough shine, and we should have brought him up. I apologize if anyone has on one of our previous podcasts, but Cole Beasley, this dude is an excellent wide receiver, and uh, he, he just seems to help Josh Allen a lot. Um, of course, the Cowboys let, let him go for a contract they could have easily signed him for. And I think rule number one should be if the Cowboys don't want to give someone a huge contract, that's probably a really good value. They're letting them walk out the door. They only give it to terrible people that are too old. Um, True. So uh, good, good on Beasley to have a, a revival here in his career. Uh, also noticed with this game, the good Drew Locke streak ended at two games. He had played really well last, <laughs> last couple of games. Um he had a really crucial fumble that where the Bills scored touchdowns on bas- basically back-to-back plays and ended the game at that point. Um, but here was my key stat for this game, and it says a lot about this Denver offense that is supposed to be explosive, but don't know. For some reason, it's not. Maybe it's Locke. Maybe it's Pat Shermer. Who knows? Um, so the Denver's key stat is their long play for this game was 19 yards. Buffalo had seven players with a longer play. Wow. Yikes. Yeah. They they had three running backs all have over 20 yard well, quarterback and two running backs have over a 20 yard run and four receivers catch 20 plus yard passes. So and the Broncos did not manage to have one 20 yard play. So probably too much to ask this week, you know, we we played well for two games in a row, so naturally this should be an off one. Um but count back on the same thing I said with the Steelers, I think the Broncos need a workhorse running back. Uh it, it seems like we don't run the ball enough. This game was about a 50-50 split. But if you're not effective passing the ball, 
maybe you should try to run it a little bit more. Um, Justin, do you do you see that as a need for the Broncos? And what? how did you feel about this game and any key takeaways? So I'm like, we do weekly pickings at work, right? And I foolishly chose the Broncos. And I just do that based on, I mean, like I legitimately thought we would have had a chance, um, but then I don't know. I chose too quickly because like right after I chose my pick for the Broncos, I uh, found out that we were, like absolutely decimated on at cornerback. And I didn't even like, I, I knew, but I didn't like think about it, I guess. So we were, we had, we signed Devonte Bosby off the Cardinals practice squad. He was actually on our team uh, during training camp and stuff. So he was familiar with the team. So it was like a good pickup you would think, but he got absolutely worked. And if our starting number one corner for the game, we only had three corners, three active corners on the roster this weekend for the bills. That's terrible when you're facing Josh Allen. Okay even just three normal starters is like you're understaffed undermanned. But uh, that was like, you know, shooting fish in a barrel for Josh Allen. He picked on Michael Jamudia on Devonte Bosby and uh, it, it showed with 48 points, right? Um, when Michael Jamudia is your number one corner, you're, you're in trouble. So we've just been decimated by injury. So that sucks. There's only so much our front seven can do. Uh, our two safeties are actually really good. Justin Simmons got a Pro Bowl nod. Cream Jackson probably should have gotten one. He's been crazy. Do you guys see that Quandre Diggs from the Seahawks, one of the worst statistical defenses in NFL history, got a Pro Bowl nod? I did. Oh, man. He he really just sustained that defense's 30th ranking when Jamal Adams was out. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Well, they both got in. I was just like, that doesn't make any sense. That's like taking – uh, T- taking the two from starting the safeties from a historically bad passing defense. I, I didn't see that. that. That's terrible. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, Justin, I'm glad Justin Simmons got in, but I think Kareem Jackson was equally as deserving. He's been absolutely crazy this uh, season. But, um, yeah, as far as the running backs uh, position for the team, I, I think I might have said it. I'm not sure if I just said it to you, John. or um, I think this was an off-podcast or, conversation. Yeah, you know where I'm going with this. Then I think Travis Etienne from um clemson would be really cool for the broncos mm-hmm. gonna be available he might be in a bad enough spot in the draft we could possibly pick him up and then cut melvin gordon and maybe sign philip Lindsay to a little contract that'd be cool that dude's okay. a beast he would definitely help your yeah, team exactly. he's like a bigger faster alvin Kamara, if that's possible and that's that's super realistic too and and he, yeah, yeah he exactly catch, he catches the ball really well too he's not just a a, a runner and that's something that melvin gordon was supposed to bring to the team whenever we signed him um, but all it's been is his other uh, great trait, and it's fumbling. So oh, I thought it was getting um, DUIs. I, I wasn't sure. Either way, either way, I mean, those are obviously great, you know, sought-after uh, traits and, and players we'd like. Uh, we have – no, I don't want to say anything about Matt Prater. Never mind. That was going too far. We can sign Josh Gordon. Is that too far? Yeah, he's not actually going to play. Did you guys see that? Yeah, I did. That's why I thought of him because he got – the only time you hear about him is when he gets in trouble. <laughs> true that, dude, i'm so tired of this dude this dude needs to like justin blackman was uh you know kicked out of the league for the exact same thing but for some reason melvin gordon or uh, josh gordon excuse me has just been the only one that like won't go away just and he just something about that name just avoid gordon players apparently yeah exactly and it's just so annoying to me because this dude's had so many opportunities and he obviously isn't deserving like at some at what point do you grow up and stop smoking weed you know <laughs> like if you're if it's going to pay you 12 million dollars a year right well, super annoying. Yeah. Uh, anyway, guys, any any other takeaways, Bills, Broncos from this game? Yeah, just that uh, the Broncos run game so bad because they they're down by thirty. 
You would think they'd open something up. (laughs) They got to start passing. And uh, they're bad. Broncos are bad. Whoa. Well, we have won games this month. (laughs) (laughs) Let's move on. Let's move on. You know, I do have one takeaway from this. And Mm -hmm. it's not directly related to the game in a sense. But I had the Bills defense starting in my fantasy team. I still won my matchup, but I'm going to complain anyway. How did I only get 12 points when they won by 29? I, I get it because they gave up 19 points. But half of those 12 points I got were from the touchdown. Right. So that means I really got six points when you win by 29. That's insane. I feel like defense and yeah. fantasy needs fixed. They need to rework it. Whereas if your team wins by – you know, 14 or 21 points, you get bonus points or something. I don't know. Whoever listens to this, figure it out. Let us know. Uh, you actually can do that, and you're the commissioner for that for the league you're talking about, so you 100% had control of it. Oh, that. no, that's it's, just it's my other money league. Oh. But fun fact, I beat – in both leagues, I beat two people named Zach, so that's kind of cool. <laughs> bad day for Zach's on Sunday. Usually a bad day for most people named Zach. Zach Ertz, Zach Rude, you get it. Facts. Yes. Moving on. All right. Well, let, let's uh, move on to the next game then we have on our docket, and that's the Bucks and Falcons. We saw Tampa Bay go to the Domes, pull out a 31-27 to victory, and the thing that had to stick out to everybody with this game, Brady had another huge comeback on the Falcons. We all remember the 28-3 to Super Bowl comeback. He was down – 24 to 7 in this one. I believe that was the halftime score. And Tampa Bay came back 24 points strong in the second half. Got got a real crucial victory. They could have been in weird position in the wild card if they didn't get that. Um, and once again, I have another underrated player from this game. I actually it probably had something to do that I had bet on this guy to score and he did. But Gage is super say Gage it. is super underrated. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. I mean, well, honestly, a lot of the receivers are underrated. I don't think people value Calvin Ridley as much as they probably should. They don't. Just he's, and, he, there. and he's been good for three years now, and he's just now yeah. getting that credit. I think yeah. Ridley like is borderline top ten, too too hard, but borderline top fifteen. Yeah, I, I agree. I think if Julio's not there, I don't think they miss a step. But I'm kind of hoping it's not a similar situation like when uh, AB left. The Steelers and Juju was like really great with AB there, and then as soon as he left, he didn't do anything. I don't know. Julio's it, been out quite a bit, and Ridley still yeah. goes off. So yeah, Red, yeah you're right. You're Julio right. didn't play this game, and Ridley had a really great game. Hey John, where yeah, did the Bucks supposedly have really good secondary? John, where did Gage go to college? Um, I actually don't know. Mm, go Tigers! Oh, we had. To... <laughs> oh, really? Of course. That's the only reason I brought it up. I don't bring up any oh. college players unless they go. That was, was like a random thing to bring up. I mean, I guess yeah. that's cool. Yeah, we could. You, you had Justin Jefferson, but that's okay. We'll talk about. Yeah, that. <laughs> yeah, Gage definitely. Yeah. What's the, is his first name? What's his first name? Russell. I keep just saying Gage because I didn't even know his first name. Uh, yeah, Russell Gage. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Um, my key stat I had from this game, uh, you don't, I feel like you don't really see this a lot. They show stats about how many passes, how many receivers a quarterback will complete passes to. And I believe in this game, Matt Ryan actually <laughs> completed a pass to 11 different receivers in the first half. Um, Jeez. but this one I think is even stranger. Brady complete completed 
three plus passes to eight different wide receivers. Wow. How how often do you see the ball getting spread in that volume to that many different people? Well, I don't think anybody can name five receivers on the Falcons. Nonetheless, 11. I mean. Yeah. Every single back, every back full back. and every receiver. Yeah. That's... I wonder if he completed the pass to himself like Brett Favre. <laughs> Dude, maybe, this... maybe maybe he did that for the record to get number 11. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Just to set it up. That's got to be some sort of record, I assume. So... Dude, Tom Brady started this game really bad. It was bad. Lots of people are saying about them in the playoffs. They're worried about their slow starts. But yeah. dude, I mean, dude, to end the game the way he did with the W, 390 yards, 31 for 45. Dude, he uh, – I'm reading it obviously right here. But, uh, dude, that – I hate the guy, but, man, that's some good stuff. That's Tom Brady, like, for sure. He hasn't missed a step. Honestly, there was a meme. Oh, sorry, go I was going to say, I don't even think it's Tom Brady. I think it was the Falcons realized uh, – they don't want to be like the Jets and screw up draft picks. So they're like, yeah, let's <laughs> we showed them we can beat them in the first half. Let's tank the rest of this game and keep our draft Pro- pick. Problem that, that's what they did in the Super Bowl two years ago, too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. take the moral victory. Let, let's get the next to last pick, not the very last pick. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, there was a meme going around and it was a picture of like Tom Brady sitting on the bench. I saw um, it. Um with like yeah, did you see the meme? It was it was really funny, but it was uh, the picture of him from the Super Bowl against the Falcons when they were losing at halftime, and then from the same exact pose, like he's like hunched over on the bench, sitting with like both his elbows on his knees. And it says, if you see Tom Brady do this, get ready to lose. And the man, like, lit the world on fire right in the second half both times. And I think sort of that – well, I mean, I don't know how much longer we'll get to see if Matt Ryan moves teams or whatever, maybe another year with uh, Tom Brady in, in Tampa. But um, I think Tom Brady – or Tom Brady is to Matt Ryan. He's the exact same thing that Eli is to Tom. Like where he had his number, no matter, no matter how good his team. Sorry. I, yeah. I didn't say that correctly, but um, he has his number. Yeah, he definitely does. Could it, could it be that maybe Tom Brady has everybody's number except for Eli Manning's and Nick Foles? I mean, I guess you could look at it that way, <laughs> but, but no, but he, I just, he, re- he really has the hatred for Matt Ryan with these comebacks. You can tell, man, he just like, there's fire in his eyes and he's just like this guy getting a win on me. <laughs> it's like like his little, like Tim like, he won't let Steelers. his little brother win. Yeah, exactly. Like just like when T- Tim Tebow played the Steelers and you know Demarius Thomas stiff armed Ike Taylor. I don't remember that. I do. I can show you a video later. It's okay. I don't believe it. <laughs> it was documented. Yeah, it's, a, yeah, it's my background on my phone. So all right, guys, let's uh let's talk about the last game on our main slate. Um, mm-hmm. this is not one I would have expected to be on, nor anybody. But we have the New York Jets ending their winless season by defeating the Rams 23-20 to 20 on the road. And I'm going to start off with this one since I, I've been talking a lot at the beginning. I do have a danger zone pick, but then I'm going to kick it to Justin for his thoughts about this disaster. Um, cool. Sean McVay has to be danger zone. You can't lose to the Jets, especially at home. And weren't the Rams coming off a of bye? Did I read that correctly? Because wasn't that the thing about his fiance said is all you want to do is watch Red Zone on your bye week? Wasn't that last? Oh week? yeah, maybe he should have. Yeah, with, maybe he should have came up with a game plan where they've been able to move the ball against the Jets defense. That would have been a good idea. Come, yeah. come on, John. <laughs> if you have a bye week before the Jets, you take two weeks off. 
<laughs> you don't game plan for them. Well, well that's exactly what his team did. They they took both the weeks off. Yep. And so they rested have, and come back strong next week. They'll be just fine. They didn't have a they didn't have a bye week. They uh they played Thursday against the, the Patriots. The mini bye. Yeah. Yeah, they had a week, yeah. All right. But um takeaways, yeah. Justin. Um Jets are gonna jet. Okay. They're gonna the Jets are the only team that could lose at losing. Um and I, I don't think I think if you saw this game coming, I get that it's really hard to go winless in the NFL in any sport probably, but um I think everybody kinda had the Jets as losing this game. And if you did, you're a liar probably. But um, I just don't think uh, – this isn't even in division, so it's not even one of those weird things that I always talk about, kind of like with the Steelers and Bengals this week, like where it doesn't matter how good the other team is and how uh, great the odds are, are supposed to be against one team. Uh, in division, anything can happen. Uh, Brian, no one expected Ryan Finley to beat the Steelers. Um, this was just a weird fluke. And like I said, it had to happen at some point, but just really weird that it happened against Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald. You know what I mean? Right. Well, and, and I mean – uh, I'm going to loop in, actually, Kyle Shanahan in the danger zone, too, because he lost to Mike McCarthy, and Sean McVay lost to uh, Adam Gase. So, danger zone for the NFC West young, quote-unquote, hotshot coaches. Yeah, they're both just too good-looking, though, so nothing's going to happen to them. You know, the only good-looking guy that's going to be in danger of losing his job is Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, that that is true. They, they like to blame the other good-looking guy for it. So yeah, that's what it. So here, let, let, let me ask this question then, because the the key thing from this game, the key stat is <clears throat> if it's even really a stat, the Jets lost the number one pick, and that means Trevor Lawrence is off the table for them. They will not be able to trade up to the number one pick. I guarantee you they will not be able to. Um, and they have a huge dilemma now because what do they do? Do they are they forced to draft another quarterback even if they don't get Lawrence? Do they have to keep Sam Darnold now? What it, Ryan? What would you do if you were the Jets with now that they're not going to have the number one pick? It would appear. If I'm the Jets, man, uh, I think me and Mark had talked about it yesterday. Uh, the Jets and Jaguars both have bad ownership, uh, so they're not really smart to begin with. Not that not that I'm smarter than them, but you get the point. But like, you're, don't don't talk down to yourself. You're smarter than the Jets team management. <laughs> that, thank you, I appreciate that. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I the Jets don't have anyone. They don't they don't have Jamal. At, they don't have anyone on defense. They don't have anyone on offense. They have no receiver. Um, who's their running back? Is it Frank Gore? I I don't know. <laughs> uh, it, you know, and uh, so the Jets are bad. Jaguar, I see Trevor Lawrence. He's probably going to Jacksonville. He's going to be in Florida. Uh, Jets are bad, and I don't know. For all, they might trade their number two pick and try to get four picks out of it. To be honest, yeah, they, I think that's probably their best course of action. Yeah, they're terrible. Yeah. They're terrible. They need more than one. They need more than a Chase Young type player. To be anywhere, they're, and, they're and so if they did that, would that mean roll with Darnold one more year, and maybe you're still awful and can drop your quarterback, or maybe he finally may, turns may, the corner? Maybe they sign Cam Newton. Maybe they get Garoppolo, but it's it, maybe they get Flacco or something. I don't know, but it's they, they have Flacco. They, they oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's funny. Um, yeah, that, I, that was an accident. I swear to God, uh, <laughs> I forgot about that. They they got to do something because it's they're really bad. Yeah, I have a question. 
Can we finally yeah. put a coach on the hot seat for winning a game? Is that possible? <laughs> because Is it Adam Gase? I feel like we've had Gase in our hot seat for forever. He's just like a permanent resident there. He lives there. Yeah. But now yeah. I feel like he yeah. deserves it a lot more than losing those first you know, dozen games. It would have been hilarious if they fired him after they won that game. <laughs> I, yeah. I would love it. I would absolutely love it. He deserves it at this point. Dude, he's, he's such a bad coach. He pulled out a flag, like, to challenge a play at some point, uh, and he looked confused as to what to do. Like, he was asking the ref if he throws it on the field or if he just hold it and, like, wave it around like a terrible towel. He didn't know what to do with the flag. So, he just looked confused. Um, so that was that was kind of funny to watch. He's just he needs to go. And that did beat Sean McVay. Yeah, go figure. I mean, that says more about Sean McVay than it does Adam Gase. So, um, another thing, of, the last thing I really have for this game, and if anyone else has anything, feel free to chime in. Uh, mm-hmm. One really odd, odd thing, just looking at the box score, and that doesn't always tell everything, but the stats for this game were oddly even. So you can't even point to, oh, the Rams had four turnovers, and that's why they all – they had one turnover, the Jets had zero. Both teams had almost exactly the same time of possession, total yards, passing, rushing, basically everything down the board. So the Jets really did just play dead even with the Rams in this game and didn't benefit from even strange, wonky things to win. Yeah, definitely. They uh, uh, Frank Gore had a big game, and I'm glad he finally got a win like on his 18th team in, in his like 18th season or whatever. So that was cool to see for him. I have a question for you guys, though. So I'm reading something right here that says the Jaguars have a 74% chance at keeping and like getting the number one pick because um, obviously they currently have it. But uh, and this is looking down into week 17. Depending on what happens with the Colts, since they're not playing for, if they're potentially not playing for the division, like lead in week 17, and they do decide to rest their starters, they are playing the Jags. Do you think the Jags could ruin getting the first round pick? Because I think the Jets will lose the last two games uh, of the season. But do you think the Jags potentially win a game uh, in week 17 against the, you know, backup Colts? And do they lose? I mean, I, I don't understand why the, what's up? The Jags win a game? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, if it, so, their first their first win of the their only win of the year that uh, the Jags is from um, uh, the the Colts in Week One. So, do, is it? Everybody makes it sound like it's so in concrete that the Jags are getting the number one pick. But isn't it? If they just win one game and the Jets lose, don't they technically lose the first round pick just off a of record, right? Yes. Yeah. Am I missing something? Okay. So, but I mean, yeah. that, you said seventy-four percent. So, I mean, they start. Yeah, they, they still are saying there's roughly a one in four shot that they win one of their final two games. Well, not yeah, just that. It also goes off the strength of schedule. So, depending on what those two games they have left, like what the final records are, that changes mm-hmm. things. And, okay, yeah, that's what I was wondering because everybody just made it sound like so definite. Now I'm seeing seventy-four percent chance, and I'm like, well, there's only two games, and they could beat the team that they already beat this year. And, and remember, guys, on week 17, uh, if teams are in competition for the playoffs, that's where they change around the times of the games where you won't know the result. So as long as the Titans don't mm-hmm. clen- clinch that division this weekend, all likelihood is they're going to be playing at the same time, the Colts and the Titans in week 17 with the division. So, I, I mean, that, that – that could be determined this weekend, but if it's not, I think there is a high chance that they'll be playing at the same time and the Colts won't be able to sit people. 
That makes sense. Okay. Yeah. That, thank you for answering. Um, yeah. And this whole like flip flop of the number one pick kind of plays into what I said last week, where I don't think the jets are in any kind of position to bring in the number one quarterback and expect to have any uh, success with them. I think the Jags are a lot better landing spot for them with their offense. Uh, you drop Trevor Lawrence and then they probably, probably turn to a 500, 500 team pretty, pretty soon. First year, I would assume. Honestly, there's just, it's a better spot because there's less pressure. Do you think anybody in Well, there's also better targets. Well, do you think anybody in Jacksonville cares? The New York media will eat him alive. And he just came out yeah. and was talking about how it's a lot of pressure being, you know, a college quarterback, all the interviews and everything. And he's yeah. like, sometimes I, like, think too much into it and I have to tone it out or it'll get to me. What do you think is yeah. going to happen to him in New York? Like, the media there is insane. Yeah. The fans are insane. Jacksonville barely has a fan base. So he doesn't really have pressure to win. Yep, that, I mean, that's fair. He so is it is it a gr- good thing for the league if it's like a Trevor say he is as good as he's supposed to be, and you have Trevor Lawrence who's awesome in Jacksonville, and then Justin Herbert in L.A., and then they just don't have fan bases. Uh, that's great for the league because it builds fan bases in those areas. I mean, uh, just like I'm, ho- everybody- I'm hoping I'm gonna see Chargers jerseys next year. I, I guarantee you'll see a lot more next year. Um, and it's one of those things where there's so many bandwagon fans out there. Like, I mean, everybody talks about it. Everybody hates them. But when a team wins, people jump on that bandwagon, especially yeah. if you're in the Jacksonville or L.A. area. Now you're going to be like, oh, man, I love this team. I've always been a fan of them when you have yeah. nothing but brand new jerseys. So, I mean, it's great for the league because it builds fan bases in those areas. It's horrible for fans because it creates annoying fans. Yeah. Well, and I, I'll I'll have to look it up. Uh, they're not super close, but also Jacksonville isn't that geographically far from Clemson. You just have, like, it, it's South, South Carolina, and then you have Georgia, and Jacksonville is the north part of Florida. So, you know, you, probably a lot of the, the Clemson fans, if they're college fans, might make the – the jump over to being Jags fans if that's where Lawrence winds up. Yeah, they just yeah, trade in uh, Panther blue for uh, Jaguar blue. Yep. <laughs> well, um, uh, last thing before we, we go into a break, um, as far as we're, we're talking about quarterbacks going into the draft, if the Jets were able to trade back and get one of the other guys, I think this, this is going to be the person who ultimately winds up going second, so they probably won't be able to trade back and get them. But the BYU quarterback, Zach Wilson, he's better than Justin Fields. Like, he, he's going to be the second best quarterback in this draft, and he's going to be the second one to go, in my opinion. I don't know if you guys have seen much of him or not. I do. I, I, didn't, about him. I didn't see anything about him until literally, like, when I uh, opened up my web pages before the podcast. Um, it says, how does Zach Wilson compare to Joe Burrow? So, I never heard this dude's name. I don't watch college. I mean, I made that fairly apparent, but – um, yeah, that's interesting. I'd never heard the dude's name. Maybe he's talking about Kyle Trask and, uh, and Justin Fields, you know, being the next two, but if this dude's the real deal, then that's cool. Yep. But, uh, I thought Mark said he disagrees. Yeah, I disagree. Oh. I don't, I don't like Zach Wilson. I'm not sold on him. Um, I feel like he's had one decent year over there. And even then I'm not that impressed because with the way this season has played out, defenses are horrible. Um, Honestly, I like Trask over him, even though he's had a lot of mistakes uh, more recently in LSU and Alabama's games. Mm-hmm. I still think he's a smarter quarterback, and he has better touch on his passes, and he just throws a perfect deep ball. 
I mean, it's rare yeah. that you see him miss. It does help. He does. He has Pitts that he's throwing to, who may be the best tight end I've ever seen come out of college. Yep. Um, I mean, Tony's like, awesome too. Huh? Uh, Kadarius Tony's awesome too. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, I was just gonna say, it looks like Pitts could come into the NFL this year and and be a top five tight end. It's insane how good he is. Um, he so could he easily be the best him. in the NFC. Yeah. Yeah, he he could he should be in the Pro Bowl this year for the <laughs> NFC. Uh, well, it sounds like Zach Wilson uh, is a prime target for John Elway to swing and miss on. If you guys are disagreeing on it, so I uh, think probably yes. the next Broncos bust. It could be All worse. Right. You could have Mac Jones. <laughs> well, we'll see. All right, uh, let's go to well, break really quick, and uh, when we come back, we'll do rapid fire for the last like what fifteen minutes. Yep, sounds, sounds good. good to me. All right, cool. See you guys in a sec. And welcome back to the Football Fools podcast. We're back for our final 15. It's the fourth quarter of our podcast, as we'll start calling it. Um, this is the part of the podcast where everybody's putting the four fingers up in the air like they do at the games. That's actually a part that I hate a lot, and I express that pretty much every weekend when I'm watching the games. Um, I think it's one of the dumber rituals in all sports. However, for our final <laughs> team, we're going to run through the other 11 games of the weekend, so about a minute each, and then we'll give our weekly picks and get out of here. So uh, first game that I have from this one, Texans and Colts. <laughs> Colts got a 27 to 20 victory. Uh, another tough, tough loss for Deshaun Watson. Um, Colts rolled a 10 and four. No huge takeaways from this game. It looked like the, the Texans had an opportunity to get it to overtime or they may have even went for two, but just a, another typical loss for the Texans on, on that one. Uh, Justin, any takeaways from that game real quick? Yeah, I just think it shows how human the Colts are. The the Colts' offense is. Um, If it wasn't for that fumble at the end there, uh, they would have lost probably, and it would have put the Titans in the number one uh, spot in that division uh, by a landslide because they're probably going to drop a couple here. Um, Yeah, nothing really. Uh, Deshaun, I still feel bad for the guy, and I still think Phil's a joke. They should swap spots. Totally. Um, the, the next one I had on, on this list, the uh, Lions and Titans, uh, Tennessee got a 21 point victory. Um, uh, Derrick Henry had another absolutely nasty, just disrespectful throwdown of a defender with a stiff arm. Uh, it's not even really a stiff arm. He just grabs him and throws him to the ground. Um, and th- this is just Derrick Henry's time of year. He's got to be extremely hard to tackle when everybody's hurt late at the end of the year. And he just seems to be impervious to that and keeps getting stronger and stronger and stronger. Um, Mark, any takeaways for, from Derrick Henry or the Titans game in general? Uh, let's not forget when it's cold, it's also a lot harder to, to tackle. So, I mean, he's just got everything going for him uh, when it comes to December and, and playoff football. Um Besides that, I don't really have any takeaways for this game. Uh, Derrick Henry is a grown man, and I would never want to have to tackle him. That's it. <laughs> All right, perfect. The next one I have on the list, Seattle and Washington. Uh, by the end result of this game, they both wound up as division leaders because the Rams dropped their game to the Jets. Um, Washington came into the, the game with the division lead. 
actually two takeaways from this one. One, they had a super cool camera angle for this game that they need to keep implementing. It made it look exactly <laughs> like Madden when they ran up on the players and they celebrated after all the scores. Uh, yeah, it was super so, cool, for sure. Yeah, so, so a definite buy-in for that. The first time I saw it, I was like, was that by accident? Because that, that looked insanely unique. Uh, yeah, they, but they then, did it a couple then the, times. But then the, the other thing that it came out today, Dwayne Haskins went to a strip club after the game, photographed in there, maskless. Haskins is super immature. Well, I've, I've hit Drew Locke for that, but Haskins, you can make danger zone too. I'm just going to add people I get mad at every week during the podcast, so he's on it too this week. Dang, that was mine. I, uh, dang it. Yeah, uh, oh, Dwayne oh, Haskins. Well, I'll, is- I'll, re- I'll retract it. You can have that. Okay, perfect. You have another one? Cool, because I didn't. Yeah, Dwayne Haskins is my danger zone for the week. Um, yeah, just like you said with Drew, Drew Locke, it's obvious that he's kind of immature. Uh, I think the first sign of it was uh, when they got blown out by like 30 points in one of his first first starts, and he was down mm-hmm. taking selfies at the end of the field at the end of the game, just like chilling with fans or whatever it was, or like his family. But yeah, it didn't look good. Not a good look, and this just kind of backs that up. And he already came out and apologized, but um, I think it's it'll we'll see what will happen with that in the offseason. I think they drop him. Yep. And that there was also a quote that like they were disappointed in his preparation for the game. <clears throat> Can't connect the dots there. That doesn't make any sense. What a shock. Right. Yeah, exactly. It's, <laughs> it's almost like he shouldn't be in the league because he's not worthy of it. Uh, exactly. Ne- next game, um, I guess this one was actually significant because the Dolphins ended the Patriots playoff and division streak, defeating them 22 to 20, or I'm sorry, 22 to 12 in Miami. Uh, no other huge takeaway, but that Patriots playoff demise is is finally crystallized. They're not going to be in it this year. Uh, Mark, are you are you happy to see the Patriots finally miss the playoffs? Aren't we all? <laughs> I mean, and I don't even hate on the Patriots. I think they're a great team. I respect uh, their level of performance over a decade and a half, two decades. Uh, that they were just consistently, you know, the bar mark of where you wanted to be as an organization. Um, But it's nice to just see, you know, a change. And this is something I was thinking about. Without them in the playoffs, I wonder if we're going to have a new playoff seating that we've never seen before um, as far as it goes. Like, what matchups we have. Obviously, there's seven uh, teams in it this year, which is a little bit different. Um, But if you were to just remove the seventh seed – the top six seeds will be completely different, a, a combination we've never had in the history of NFL. And I think that's pretty cool. Definitely. I, I'm looking forward to the AFC playoffs a lot, for sure. Uh, I kind of just wish they would throw that eighth seed in there. But uh, that's just because I think there should be more teams in the playoffs to make it a little more competitive. But that's just See, me. I'm, I'm anti-putting in another team. Like, you, you have to have – one buy in there like there has to be some reward other than you just get to play at home at least i'm just all about more football man uh, no i mean it I could be two teams on by john which i'm all in favor for <laughs> Def- oh, definitely yeah. uh present circumstances huh <laughs> yeah <laughs> Spe- speaking of present circumstances the uh, number one team in the nfc defeated the panthers that is green bay 24 to 16 um, that I'm losing track. I believe that was a Thursday game. Uh, I didn't really Saturday. see it. Saturday. That's what it was. Uh, it was yeah. a Saturday game. Didn't really see any of this game. I just noticed that it's one of those gambling specials, man. The Packers were an eight and a half point favorite and they won by eight. 
So everybody that was on the Packers missed out by half a point on that one. Yeah, it was. Uh, uh, that, that's actually where my apology island is this week. Surprisingly enough, it's Robert Tanyan. Um, not that he hasn't been good for like the last month, but I think like when he when people started talking about him like week six or seven, I think I just like batted that down real quick and was like, "Listen, guys, he's just another receiver to Aaron Rodgers." But that dude is like the like it's sort of uh, uh, Devonte Adams. He's the 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 number two target on that team, and it's been ever apparent every single week. So yep. that's my apology on because I kind of talked down, talked bad about him, talked poorly about him earlier in the season. So I apologize to Robert Tanyan. All right. Well, I'm uh, I'll pivot us into the next game because that one actually has my apology island. Uh, Cardinals got back in the victory side this week. They beat the Eagles 33 to 26 at home. Uh, my but my apology island is actually an eagle. It's Jalen Hurts. Um. Before we had the the podcast, which just seems so far back now, uh, I wasn't that high on Jalen Hurts at all coming out of college. Uh, I feel like I've had a pretty decent record on saying which guys were going to be good. Wasn't feeling the Jalen Hurts. He just seemed like a college quarterback to me, like his stuff won't work in the NFL. However, after watching him for a couple of games, the the kids got something, and like I, I think he's a really good fit there. If they can move off of Wentz, I think he he could be a, a good guy for them. And uh, as I mentioned on the pod last week, he he makes good decisions. And honestly, that's just the main thing the Eagles need. If if anything else, they can get Wentz out of there and replace him with somebody athletic who makes good decisions. I think that's a, a good spot for them to be in. Yeah, I agree. I think he's uh, attitude wise, he's like quite the opposite of like a Dwayne Haskins, for instance. Yeah, maturity wise. Well, I'd say even Carson Wentz. Like, uh, it, it came out that Wentz has already said that he's not happy with being a backup. And like to to me, I don't know. I don't remember if I've made this exact point on the podcast last week, but I thought that the situation could be sustainable because Hertz wouldn't complain. But who who would ever know? Like after a week and a half, Wentz is already complaining about being the backup. Yeah. So not, it'll be, not, uh, it'll, sorry, good. Just going to say, not looking like that's going to be as sustainable as I thought it would be. Yeah. And time will tell. Yep. All right. Let's move on to the next one. The Browns defeated the Giants 20 to six. Uh, probably two of the better new head coaches in the league, I would say. We had Stefanski and Joe Judge facing off. Uh, Giants had to go, go with Colt McCoy again. So, didn't have too impressive of a of a show in there. The Browns got got another easy win. Uh, any takeaways from this one, Mark or Ryan? I'm just excited to see the Browns with double digit wins in a season. Um, honestly, I don't remember the last time that happened, and I'm excited to see him in the playoffs. 2002. Yep, yep I was 12. So a couple was, years ago. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, really quick. Is Ryan in here? Yeah, I'm here. I'm here. Okay, just making sure because I heard uh, someone drop out. Um, yeah, so I it's looking uh, more and more like my Browns pick from basically every single week, I think I've kind of reiterated, is going to pan out. They're going <laughs> to take the number one seed away – or number one spot in the division, excuse me, away from the Steelers. They will not, and I don't want to take away uh, moments of this game. So when we come to future predictions and foolish picks, mm-hmm. I will tell you my non-foolish pick. All right, oh. uh, let, let's stay Thank in you. that. Let's stay in that, <laughs> that division for the for another team. The Ravens beat 
The Jags, 40-14, to 14, not surprising. Lamar Jackson looks awesome when he plays terrible teams, and when he's in the playoffs, <laughs> he's one and done. So nothing for me on that one. The Jags are back in the number one pick, so the most significant thing to happen to their franchise they were not a part of. Easiest bet of the day, Ravens minus 12.5. Easy pick. Agreed. Well, yeah. the, the next, next one I've got, and actually, let's just uh, – I'll mention these three games. If anybody has any picks or takeaways, just dive right in. Uh, we have the Bears went to Minnesota, defeated the Vikings 33-27. to My only main thing with that one is Trubisky is shockingly continuing his good play. I don't think he'll keep up, but I actually am kind of glad for the dude, as much clack as he's taken, that he's starting to play well. Um, the... Next, I had the Niners and Dallas. That game had a really insane ending. Both teams scored a touchdown on their final play. So if you had the over on that one, you definitely blew that one out. Uh, and then and then the actual Thursday game, Justin Herbert beat John Gruden's terrible overrated Raiders and likely put a nail in their playoff coffin. Um, anybody with any takeaways from one of those? Uh, only thing is that I've continued to say and call him Mitch the Great. He uh, is – panning out to be great um and like john said he's going to be the best quarterback out of that draft over patrick mahomes in the long term um no but yeah that team's so confusing their defense if they get into the playoffs could be kind of scary and if mitch can play like he's been playing he's beat the vikings who are another playoff team uh and david the 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 appearance i guess not resurgence really because he didn't really have uh, a real coming out party but david montgomery has been playing crazy the last two weeks Yep. So if you have him in fantasy or something like that, probably uh, probably won your games just based off of him. But I I don't know how much stock I put into him as being the real deal. But you know, Mitch could turn out to be a Kirk Cousins s quarterback, very you know um, middle middle of the pack quarterback there for the rest of uh, his career with the Bears. And dude, this is easy to say, but dude, if mm-hmm. the, if the Bears could win some games, they if they had home field in in the playoffs. Chicago would be so cold and nasty, but they just don't win games, so it's not going to happen. Yep. But that'd be so yep. cool. They were actually the one seed in the NFC after week six, believe it or not. They were five and one, and they had the top yeah. break. <laughs> man. Go figure, man. Well, the, Brian, you're sounding awfully a lot, awful lot like a California boy every time you bring up the weather at places. <laughs> well, speak, <laughs> speaking of California, well, never mind Nevada, I mean. Uh, I may have been incredibly wrong on the Raiders because I had them being the seventh seed in the playoffs, and they are slow, or not slowly, but uh, rapidly uh, proving that I'm in fact wrong. They are not going to be the seventh seed. Yeah, man, and that's why you're part of this podcast now, and not the R Stives podcast because that was trash, and I was oh. wrong. So, uh, but but let's take this and and pivot it from Ryan being wrong about something to. It's not even a new segment, but we just have a special name for Ryan being part of this segment. We're going to move into our gambling and fantasy advice. And Ryan's gambling advice hereforth will be known as Ryan's buy-in. So, Ryan, take it from here and tell us what you've got going forward this week. I tell you what, welcome to Ryan's buy-ins. I am buying the over on the Viking Saints of 51 and a half. Take it to the bank. 51 and a half over Viking Saints. And I also, boys, I'm telling you, this is a crazy. I don't know if I'll bet on it myself, but it's pretty good <laughs> money. 
Falcons plus 400 over the Chiefs. Are you seeing an upset in week 16 of the NFL? No. That, probably not. That's pretty good odds. <laughs> Falcons plus 11. That's pretty, uh, pretty nice. That might be, that might, that might be something nice. to look at, actually. And, yeah. one, and then for a third team of the parlay, Steelers plus 110 over the Colts. Take it to the bank. Steelers, come well, back. Over you the- lose the parlay off of that bet alone. Win the division. <laughs> Maybe. All right. Well, it's good that we don't ever let our own personal biases creep into our gambling advice here. Yeah. So, Open-minded. Uh, but, but, yeah, that that's Ryan's buy-ins. Uh, I, even though we crapped on him a little bit, we do have to tell everybody this man is a parlay god. And even if, even if you don't trust, just, just put the money down. Just do it. <laughs> just put it down. Yeah. I put. Uh, I wish I would have put more money. I wish I would have listened to uh, our own advice and if you listen to Ryan's finds last week. If you love or hate money, put it down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Ryan. Uh, Ryan gave me one hundred and fifty dollars off his ingenious parlay last week. Um, one hundred fifty bucks off of six. That was cool. Some random parlay, and Ryan made like thirty. Was it thirty two hundred dollars off the same parlay? Yeah, I cashed out about four point eight k. Jeez, man. Yeah, my boss uh, doesn't believe that yes. you win this much. Because I told him you won like 12K. Tell, tell then... him the pick that he won off of. So you... Ryan had a parlay last week for uh, the over of the Falcons-Bucks game, which hit, what was it? It was 49. It was 50, I think. So that was a uh, – 49 and a half. 50, yeah, that was a 40, uh, 40 or 58-point game. So hit that. And then it was the Ravens spread, uh, 12 and a half, right? Yep. And then the third one, third and cherry on top was Mecole Hardman just to score. So that was like I forgot how much the how what it was plus, but it was like ridiculous. Plus, so six dollars plus three fifty. Yeah, exactly. So uh, six dollars paid out one hundred fifty. So that was pretty cool. And Ryan put it down I think two hundred and one thirty two hundred. So um, not the craziest, and he has a pretty good track record this uh, this year, ladies and gents. So maybe throw some money down on Ryan's stupid uh, parlays. <laughs> <clears throat> Well, uh, my gambling advice for this week, just just normal human gambling advice, so we're wrong here sometimes, but I've started liking to bet the alternate spreads and alternate over and unders. Uh, I don't know if you have this option everywhere. I know they call it buying points sometimes or selling points, but on DraftKings, they have a ton of alternate. You can basically go in and pick whatever spread you want to. If you're not comfortable with, say, the Packers getting eight and a half last week, you say, well, I think they're going to win by a touchdown, but I don't want to risk the extra two points. So you could have bet the Packers six and a half, and you, you would have won that game. Um, so I, I think that's a smart way to kind of get yourself into those parlays that Ryan hits uh, that, it, that he likes a lot. I think it's a smart way to kind of set yourself up with multiple bets if you can go and pick the line that you like. Justin, yeah. what's your gambling advice this week? Um, I don't know how much of advice it is. Uh, it's called the so DK DraftKings has uh, no brainer bets, and they're essentially just free money. So if you guys have been paying attention or gambling on DraftKings for the last month, you've already seen it, and hopefully you've taken advantage of it. But uh, every week it looks like right now they're doing some stupid no brainer bet, like where two weeks ago that there was a completion inside of a game, like the Ravens uh, game. And then the week after, it was if Lamar Jackson completed a pass. And just tonight it was uh, 
you picked an NBA team that was playing tonight, the Lakers or the Clippers, and as long as one of the teams didn't lose by 76 points, you double your money. It's a $25 bet, but it's it's free money, 50 bucks. So start start looking into that if you haven't. All right. What about you, Mark? Uh, I just have a little bit of fantasy advice for people that are still uh, playing either in the playoffs or a championship game, depending on how your league's set up. And that is, if you don't have him, pick up Jalen Hurts. He put up like 43 points last week, uh, depending on the type of league it was in. My low-scoring league, he put in 36 points. Um, And next week, he plays Dallas. He's only 40% rostered, which means he's still available in 60% of your leagues out there. Um, I just picked him up in one of my leagues. So take a swing on him. See what he does against uh, one of the worst defenses in the NFL. All right. Uh, well, I'll, I'll swing that into my fantasy advice. And uh, my fantasy advice is not really a tactical thing like I normally give. This is just more of a mental strategy. And you it's the only way to really approach fantasy football with a healthy mindset. And that advice is don't expect to win just because your team is better than everyone else's team. Uh, <laughs> that's what happened to me and my fantasy league with, with Justin. Uh, I clearly had the best team in the league, got beat in the first round of the playoffs because it's just insanity. So, and if I want to just highlight how insane it is. So the two guys carrying my team all year, Pat Mahomes and Dalvin Cook, they both had pretty good games on Sunday. They, They hit right at their projections. Then my opponent had Ryan Tannehill and Tony Pollard, who outscored them by a mile. And I wasn't able to overcome that deficit. So even though mentally I obviously did everything right, it just doesn't always work out for you in fantasy. Every single person in my entire league could have looked at those two rosters and every person, including the person I beat, would have picked mine. And that's just what happens sometimes. And no, yeah, and no like- I'm not bitter. <laughs> just like the rams don't overlook an easy game <laughs> oh that that is a very good analogy my my fantasy yeah. football team was the rams yeah <laughs> um cool anybody else have any uh other foolish danger zone anything apology on anything nope no ryan good i'm good all right all right so always, uh always next... cool to end on a on a note like that right, right justin yeah, <laughs> um, exactly. So next week, I want to talk about our guest. It's going to be a uh, future free agent. Dwayne Haskins is going to be on the podcast next week to talk about if uh, the strip club is worth getting fired over. And next week's uh, show we'll, will be live from the Spearmint Rhino in Vegas. Nice. <laughs> and Dwayne Haskins will be joining us live. Um, so, yeah. Not and we're going to, yeah, we're going <laughs> to, of course, we're going to end the podcast with uh, Mark's, Mark's little segment. Hello, I am Mark, and I want you to mark my words. This Sunday, this past Sunday, you were given a bonus Super Bowl preview. Yes, this only happens once in a blue moon, but this year you got two Super Bowls, and that's because the Saints (laughs) played the Chiefs. And I guarantee that first Sunday of February, the Saints will play the Chiefs again. Only the outcome will be slightly different with the Houdat Nation taking home the Lombardi Trophy. I'm Mark Albrecht. Mark my words. <laughs> All right. We'll end the podcast on that. All right, guys. Have a good night. All, All right. right. Later.
Bye. Thank you. Danger zone.